Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T, and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals. Welcome back, guys, to Beyond the Bikini Radio. So we have Sarah Ford back in the house for a podcast with me. It's been a while. I feel like we've been going back and forth on this episode. We're back. We're back. We're the worst at making plans, but it's okay. Yeah, we're like those friends that like can talk all the time, but like making actual plans besides like seeing each other at the gym is more, like- ra- is more rare. You're like the guy on Tinder that I can just chat to for comfort, but like we're never going to meet up. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. So I'm like, you're bored and you're going to text me and tease me. (laughs) We're terrible. That's a good relationship. But no. Okay. Wait. Isn't that how you and Mike met? Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, it worked. But yeah. Yeah. He was a keeper. I didn't even use the dating app i just use good old ig to slide on in (laughs) but that's not what we're talking about today guys we're actually talking about a pretty serious topic um sarah why don't you um talk about um what you've been doing in regards to like your coaching career and a little recap of like your past if you don't mind sure so i am currently a coach with team biolene um we can, we're on Instagram, Team Bio Lane, um, under Lane Norton and Holly Baxter. There's about five of us coaches right now. Um, but I, so I started coaching back this spring officially. And um, my background, personally, how my whole interest in, I've always been interested in health, thought I would be a doctor. Um, long story short, ended up going the exercise science route in school. Um, And part of my interest stemmed from learning about my own body through my eating disorder recovery. Um, You know, I have a history of anorexia. And what honestly helped me recover was educating myself on proper nutrition, um, learning from my dietitian, and um, learning how to properly exercise without, you know, just being a cardio bunny uh, and lifting weights. Yeah, you know, I I think um, like Sarah and I, we share that how lifting has helped us 
realize that like strength is really like beautiful and empowering. And I think that that's why we fell in love with the gym so much. Right. And both identifying, you know, as athletes growing up and then, you know, looking for something to feel, um, you know, accomplished and, you know, a, a way to channel energy as we, as we got older. Yeah. And so Sarah, I know you talk about like your struggles with your eating disorder and I, you know, voiced mine quite often. Um, and I, one thing I've noticed is like people will resonate with you on similar struggles. It's like a natural human behavior is to resonate with someone who's going through something similar. Um, however, the issue with this is when it comes to eating disorders, this is a mental disorder. And unfortunately, fitness coaches are not going to be the answer for proper recovery. And I've been getting a big influx of DMs and people applying for coaching who are, they, they won't admit that they are currently in the depths of a disorder, but you can just tell by their language. Yeah, um, that's something, I mean, we've talked about that is that I almost struggle to post more about my history and be more, you know, open about, you know, previous struggles or any current struggles, because I don't want to attract that kind of client. You know, I wish the best for all these girls and, you know, men too. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, like, you need a therapist and a dietitian and a qualified treatment team um, to help you. And the other thing is, I mean, both of us, you know, fitness, fitness and, um, you know, the bodybuilding lifestyle helped us but it can hurt people. You know, it does, it's, it's, this doesn't have to be your story. This doesn't have to be how you recover. So it's just, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's recovery journey is, is so different. And um, I think that's important to remember too. Yeah. And here's the thing is, you know, competing is not the answer to recovery. Um, tracking your macros is not the answer to recovery. I, I get really frustrated. People are like, you can find food freedom as long as you track your macros. And it's like, yeah, but that's not, that's not, yeah, (laughs) that's not addressing the body dysmorphia or the OCD food related habits or the anxiety around food or the whole mental aspect of it. Like, yeah, tracking can be a tool to help you understand the value and the nutrition and you know, how that is helping you um, like nourish your body. However, that doesn't help the food anxiety. I mean, I, to this day, and I started, you know, struggling with my eating disorder when I was 14. I, to this day, still have foods that give me a lot of anxiety. Yeah, it, so do I. 10 years later. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be something that um, you really always have to be conscious of. Um, I don't, I don't, I think you can be in recovery, but I wouldn't use the term recovered. You know, um, I think it's all, it's like, you know, it's a very similar disease to alcoholism in a lot of ways, you know, like it's any sort of addiction, right? Like, you know, we can't abstain from food, but like an, you know, an alcoholic or a drug addict would abstain from, you know, their drug of choice or drugs in general. Um, but it is something that we can learn to live with, Mm -hmm. um, and learn to, you know, we develop the tools and we become further in our recovery. We don't think about it all the time, but it is in the back of our our minds. It's always like suppressed. And I think everyone has their own like 
trigger or things that bring it up, like certain words, certain certain scenarios. Stress stress in general, you know, like I I think um, whenever we go through a stressful time in our lives, we really have to be careful, you know, big events like, you know, college, moving off to school, getting married, having a baby, um, you know, anything major like that, you know, we have to be careful, even if they're good stressors. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people are using their disorders for stress coping mechanisms. Um, and right. obviously that's not the most healthy thing to do. So I think that's why um, fitness was such a nice transition for us is we were using our disorders for some sort of coping. Um, and I, I found like the gym just really helped me cope in a healthier way. Again, that can become unhealthy with over-exercising. But um, I think some people are like looking at your profile or looking at my profile. Again, like Sarah and I have very similar stories. And they're like, oh my gosh, like fitness really helped her. And maybe if I just hire her as my coach, she can help me. So um, Sarah, how would you, like, what would be your advice to someone who is wanting to reach out to a fitness coach, again, not like a therapist or psychologist for training? Um, like, how do you approach that conversation? Because I know the DMs that I get, and they like, they hit me hard. Yeah, um, I feel like both you and I kind of have a radar for it um, to identify if someone's kind of struggling or some people are, are just open that they're, you know, have an eating disorder. Um, mm-hmm. I always advise seeking out a qualified um, therapist. And if you can find someone that specializes in eating disorders, um, that's huge. Um, you know, there's, I think it's psychology.com. Isn't that the website? Yeah. Well, there's also, um, if you're, if you're like, oh, like, I feel like my relationship with food's not that great, but it's, I don't know. Like if you're like, if you, if your relationship with food, the national eating disorders awareness, um, association has a quiz for you to take to see, um, where your risk level is at. Um, it is by no means a diagnosis, but it can, you know, refer you to like the level of risk you are. And then usually I think that site has some suggestions on therapists nearby, so yeah, that's the, a really good tool. That's just the NIDA website. Um, there's screening tools. Um, there's even a helpline. You know, you can just get on the phone and talk to someone. You can even find, you know, a local support group in your your area just to, like, drop in. And, um, you know, you can just sit in the back, sit quietly, and, you know, see if you identify with anything. Mm-hmm. And, again, like, with eating disorders, like, when I, when I get someone reach out to me who says, like, I want to lose fat or like, I really am uncomfortable or unhappy with my body. Um, but I'm scared to eat Mm -hmm. this food or carbs, or I'm scared to cut down on my running. Like the words scared, the words overwhelmed, like these are all red flag, red flag, red flag. When I see that. Yeah. Because at the core of, at least for me, the core of my, you know, eating disorder was fear and control. Um, you know, so if you're, if you have that anxiety around food or, you know, you find yourself, you know, just feeling the need to restrict and constantly change your body and fixating on your body, those are some signs. Mm-hmm. And even just getting overwhelmed with like numbers in general, like, right. It's like it's, your weight, your Fitbit. It's when it starts to control your life, you know, and there's different spectrums. Like there's 
diagnose, you know, clinical eating disorders, which, you know, there's a criteria in the DSM. Um, but there's also just disordered eating, which is all over the spectrum. You know, I think a lot of people have some, um, some sort, some sort. And it's, it's when it starts taking over your, your life and your thoughts when you can't, you know, function or you just are just so stressed all the time thinking about food or weight, um, or working out, um, that's, that's when you really need to reach out for more help. Yeah, definitely. So, um, if you're reaching out to like a fitness coach, I think that your goal should not be to love your body. It like you should, you shouldn't like go to a coach to get a better relationship with food or fix your anxiety of food. Um, again, like everybody has some sort of disordered relationship with food, but it's different to have a disordered relationship and be in a eating disorder. Um, right. And there's clients too, where they've been working with me and then an event happens that is very red flag and alarming to me. And as a coach, it goes against my ethics to not address that and refer them to further help. Right. Yeah. I actually, I'm have a client who I encouraged to get further help and she did. And it was like, just so groundbreaking for her. You know, we put a pause on coaching until her and her Mm -hmm. therapist agreed that it is, you know, appropriate for her to work with me. And, you know, with clients like, you know, that do have some, you know, trouble with, um, you know, they don't have an eating disorder, but they have some anxiety around either food or numbers, you know, there's different tools we can use. Like I know Nicole and I often have people, you know, put the scale away. Oh yeah. Um, you know, weigh in blind or have, you know, stuff like that. I, um, I think that's super important. It's like, we're working, I mean, we're mostly working with women and to be honest, like a lot of women are surrounded with diet culture. A lot of women Mm -hmm. are very uncomfortable taking progress pictures. I mean, I even have times where I'm very like, oh shit, like, I don't want to take progress pictures. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, or like, I don't want to weigh in. Like I have those days too. Like I have days where I feel bloated. And, and that's human, you know, that's yeah. sadly, you know, in our culture, that's a, something almost, almost normal, you know? And again, like having a coach that, you know, I think it's great because your clients can, can relate to you, but like, you're also able to be like, Hey, like, let's put the scale away for a bit. Hey, let's do, let's have your husband write down what you weigh and you're not going to see that number or you really need to see it. Um, I even tell my clients to do things like, Hey, wear a hat to the gym if you're having really bad body image. So it's like kind of blinding your view from the mirrors because even that can like overwhelm them. Um, and I think, you know, working on your relationship with your body, um, even if you are recovered, like it's going to be an ever going process and you're going to have things that, like events in your life that will flare it up. Um, but it's about managing it. And then also just knowing that fine line of when to get further help. So, um, Sarah, when would you say like the difference is for you as a coach on, you know, this client needs needs to, you know, do some of these like hiding the skill practices versus, Hey, this client needs help now. Um, I would say, well, a big one is if weight, you know, if wealth or, uh, health, you know, weight changes are happening that, um, concerns me big time. 
um, any type of, you know, uh, like true binge episodes, like repeated, you know, uncontrolled binge purge episodes, that concerns me. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are just major, major red flags. Anytime, like, you know, I restriction, um, you know, on the severe level, like I didn't hit my carbs today because I felt fat or I weighed in today and was, you know, two pounds over what I was yesterday. So I didn't eat, you know, my, I didn't hit my carb target, you know, things like that. Those are some major red flags. Yeah. You know, any sort of binge purge is like red flag, severe red flag. But my thing too is like the tone in the email. I've had some clients where they seem like, you know, normal check-ins like, yeah, like this could have been better. But then there's been check-ins where it's like, I hate my body. I hate how I look. I want to be smaller. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this freaking, like, no, that's not okay. So that's like a huge red flag to me. Um, Again, too, as a client, communicate with your coach. Um, Yeah, that's huge. Like, tell me when you're struggling. Don't hide it. Like, if you ever, like, if you, like... I understand it can be embarrassing or it feels embarrassing to struggle and to maybe regress or relapse. But you know what? You have to be real and honest with yourself and the person you've hired to help you. I would hope that you could have that open communication with them and say like, Hey, you know, this is what happened. And I know for me as a coach, like I just want nothing but success and happiness and health for my clients. And if they weren't to tell me that and I saw like their health take a dramatic downturn, that would hurt me more versus I'm saying, hey, I need to put a pause. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Being honest with yourself is key. And that's why you need to be, you know, really in a good place, a good enough place to, um, you know, to work with a coach. Um, And coaches need to understand that they're not qualified to fix a mental health um you know I say fix that that's not the right term but you know to help someone with a serious mental health disorder yeah so um the other thing too I want to talk about is like overly restrictive meal plans and very like high cardio protocols and intense protocols like that can be a slippery slope that almost sounds like crap it can be a catalyst for um you know for disorder eating disorders yeah and I see a lot of people in like a competition prep where after they're done with the prep they're like they're really really scared to cut down their cardio at all and they want to keep their macros as low as possible it's almost like identifying their prep with this like with their like themselves yeah and that kind of goes back to what we originally you know we're talking about how fitness isn't going to fix you or you know help you recover um you know it's identifying when you start identifying with your body and with you know what you do as an athlete instead of who you are as a person that's when that's when things get really slippery I think yeah so I think if you're in this situation and you feel uncomfortable with like your body um, and how things are going and you feel like you are struggling, just 
please be honest with your coach. That's the biggest thing. Um, and I know like if you've hired someone who is going to be real and honest with you, then they're going to refer you out and get help. To me, it's not even worth, it's not worth the money to keep coaching someone who needs more help. It's just not, it doesn't go for my morals. No, absolutely not. Um, okay, so what else do you want to talk about, Sarah? How's your reverse going? Um, it's going well. I actually, this week, my weight average was up a little bit, so that was positive. You had um, some sushi. I did. I had a free meal. Um, that's another good tool for someone that maybe does struggle with tracking, like being anal about tracking, like I mm-hmm. can be. Um, you know, you're super type A. Uh, type people having a free meal just to let go um, let go of control and you know give your body some extra extra nutrients to do its thing and grow um, which is what I'm trying to do right now and I think that was really good for me you know like I said when you are used to that control it's hard to let go and it was hard for me to let go you know I was slightly anxious before the meal but I you know did it Um, you know I think it's important to sometimes like have someone there for support you know I had Nicole texting for support but also (laughs) also my fiance you know I didn't go out to dinner by myself so people can you can do that that's okay seriously Um, be open with your friends like you have to have a support system even after recovery oh yeah um so and you know ate my sushi I was full very you know not Thanksgiving full I was comfortably full And that was that. And I enjoyed it. And I'm going to do it again. Sometimes it's just getting over those humps, you know, Um, if you are struggling, sometimes just getting over a hump and -hmm. just doing it uh, mind over matter. You know, honestly, this is, you know, anyone struggling, like what helped me like way back when was uh, someone told me like, what if you, if you don't like recovery, if you don't like how life is without your eating disorder, you can always go back. You can, it'll, it'll always be there. But once you get a, you know, that's really dark, but like devil's advocate. I, yeah, I'm sorry, guys, I went there. But you know, this is a serious disease. And you know, it's no no games. It's kind of it's honestly life or death. Um, yeah. Uh, so just, you know, reach out and ask for help. Here's so, the sorry, thing sorry, to sorry for a dark turn, no, but... <laughs> no, I mean, I'm gonna get dark here for a second. In case you guys didn't know this, like eating disorders kill people. Yeah, that's why it's so serious. Rate. Yeah, highest mortality rate of any um, you know, mental health. Yeah. And if it, if it's not the disorder that will kill you, a lot of times it can lead to depression and self-harm, which that can kill you too. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not something to play around with and any coaches out there, it's not something for you to play around with. Yeah. And the other thing too, I want, I want to talk about this too. Um, if you are looking at yourself and you're like, yeah, but like, I'm not like super thin, so nothing's wrong. No, like I, I tell, I tell people this a lot, but a mental disorder is mental. It's in your brain. Um, It's not physical. Again, I I really hate the D the DSM, the fact that it has like weight criteria or something like that. Yeah, there's a weight criteria for anorexia, which I don't agree with. Because I've seen people who struggle with anorexia and they are a normal weight because of like metabolic adaptation. Well, I've been in treatment centers with people and, you know, they it took them so long to get help because they um, you know, insurance. Well, insurance, yeah. And they were convinced they were a healthy weight, which 
yeah, maybe they were, you know, based off, you know, certain criteria, but that doesn't mean you're healthy. Mm-hmm. And even like other disorders like orthorexia, bulimia, like a, a lot of bulimics, honestly, are normal or even overweight. Right. Um, and then they're like, well, I don't need help. It's like, yeah, you d- yeah. you do. <laughs> you do. You do. Um, I think it, you know, going back, though, to your your reverse, you know, I'm still in prep. I'm like towards the tail end of my prep and you and I've been talking about it. And I still like I, there's a shift of goals. You know, the goal isn't going to be to get lean. It's going to be to gain muscle and gaining muscle is going to weigh something. And I think for myself, one big thing that I need to focus on is not tying so much worth and value to the number on the scale. Cause this prep, I was getting a little too attached to the number. Um, but muscle weighs something and looking at, instead of looking at competitors that are stage lean, I've been looking at girls who are like really full and I muscular. do the same thing. I do the same thing. I think about, well, I think about girls on stage who have, you know, the muscle maturity that I want for myself, but I also, you know, look up to athletes who I know work hard in their off seasons, yeah. you know, in their improvement seasons, who lift heavy, who eat, um, you know, and focusing on, you know, strength and things outside, like, you know, career growth and oh, you know, spending yeah. time with family, like set new bit- goals. Yeah. Cause goals can go way outside of, you know, the realm of health and fitness, you guys. <laughs> yeah like you know you're just getting married no big deal yeah no big deal trying to plan a wedding now that's been going well actually <laughs> now that I'm not in prep and have the mental energy to you know devote to wedding planning it's going it's going well <laughs> god bless but I um again too like life goes so much more than just the gym like I look at my life and that's how I also know like whenever I'm in a prep, like I'm in tunnel vision, but when I'm starting to feel pulled in other areas of my life, I'm like, okay, Nicole, like let's, let's reassess. Um, right. you, you are very selfish in a prep. You're very hyper-focused on your body, but what's going on and what do you need to do? And I'm at the point in my business where I'm wanting to expand and I'm hiring on, I'm, I, my focus is pulled on my business and I have to be real with myself and be like, you really can't devote, a hundred and a hundred to both because you'll burn out and you'll have no friends and you'll be alone. <laughs> yeah. So set new goals outside the gym. Yes, Even if ma'am. it's like a new hobby. Yeah. Like something, I don't know, like art work. We're, we're going to make a vision board. <laughs> we are. We're going to be crafty. I'm going to have a bunch of like big booties on there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Some glutes. We've been calling it shel- shelf shelf ass yeah elsewhere (laughs) but um no for real like just set new goals outside of the gym um but you know you can't diet forever too like if you're hiring a coach and you're just wanting to get leaner and leaner and leaner and you're only at 1400 calories a day 1200 calories a day and if this coach says hey you need to reverse diet which a lot of my clients have to reverse diet like that's majority of my clientele and you're fighting that, like, just so you know, like, what you're currently working clearly isn't working. So why not try something else out? Yeah, yep. And to tie it back to, you know, the start of the conversation, you know, if you are struggling, um, try something different. You know, you don't have to live that way. If you're struggling with disordered eating, you know, ask for help. It's you can you can change. Yeah, realize that there's more to life than just your body and numbers and that 
life is truly meant for you to be happy and enjoy it. And to be honest, you're not enjoying your life in that state. And it's okay to not be okay. Um, but yeah, it's but okay to ask for help. Yeah. But know that, you know, you deserve nothing but happiness and health as cheesy as that sounds. Yep. But Okay. All right, well, Sarah. Well, cheese ball after that. <laughs> I know. We're so cheesy. We're like monotone cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, Sarah, I wish you the best of luck in your reverse. Um, again, if you guys are wanting to follow Sarah, I will leave all of her information down below in the description. Um, again, Sarah is an online coach, so you can check out um, her Instagram as well and her services. Uh, she works with Lane Norton too. She said bio lane, but if you guys don't know his like business name, it's, uh, Dr. Lane Norton. So it's, yes. um, it's a wonderful opportunity that you've had with him and I'm very excited for you. Yeah. Lots of growth there. Actually, we have a video coming out on reverse dieting. So check out the team bio lane YouTube channel. We'll plug. Awesome. Awesome. Plug it, okay. plug it up. Plug it All up. Right. Okay. Talk to you Thanks, later. Thanks, Sarah.